Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod right here in Spencer, Iowa, and coming to you on this Sunday, July 18th, and also the seventh Sunday after Trinity. Now, for those of you that listen regularly, if you remember from last week, we were we are in the part of the Trinity season focusing on the Christian faith, that is, how we are sanctified in the faith, how we walk in this faith, how we hear how John St. John the Baptist's proclamation of he must increase and I must decrease. We start to see how that applies to us in our lives in the faith. And we'll hear this in Mark 8 and the story of the feeding of the 4,000. In this narrative, our Lord is followed by the crowds into the wilderness where he teaches them for three days. And at the end of three days, there the crowds remain, hungry, tired, no money, no food, but still they are there with him. All they have left for food is seven loaves, and a few fish. But what is that for so many? So here we see our Lord take the e- the meager offerings of this congregation around him and use that so that everyone there is satisfied. Everyone is full. So much so that th- he, he gives so much that there's enough left over to fill seven baskets. And so we'll hear in this story how we decrease and Christ, through his providential care, through the gospel, through his death on the cross, increases in order to satisfy all who follow him, in order to save all who follow him. Well, with that, let's now turn to our matin service and its opening hymn, God Himself is Present.
my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises unto our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great King over all the earth. The Old Testament lesson for this seventh Sunday after Trinity is written in the second chapter of Genesis, beginning at the seventh verse. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The Lord God planted a garden eastward, in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord made every tree to grow, that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river went out of Eden to water the garden, 
and from there it was parted and became the source of four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It flows through the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx stone are also there. The name of the second river is Gion. It is the same river that flows through the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hedekel, that is, the Tigris. This is the one which flows in front of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. They look unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. The epistle is written in the sixth chapter of Romans, beginning at the nineteenth verse. Brothers, I speak in human terms, because of the weakness of your flesh. For as you presented your members as servants to uncleanness and to wickedness upon wickedness, even so now present your members as servants to righteousness for sanctification. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit then did you have at that time in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and having become servants of God, you have your fruit of sanctification and the result of eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
Alleluia. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Mark, the eighth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. In those days, when there was a very great multitude, and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to himself and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have stayed with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away fasting to their home, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come a long way. His disciples answered him, From where could one satisfy these people with bread here in a deserted place? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves. Having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to serve, and they served the multitude. They had a few small fish. Having blessed them, he said to serve those also. They ate and were filled. They took up seven baskets of broken pieces that were left over. Those who had eaten were about four thousand. Then he sent them away. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Gospel text says, In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And Jesus asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. Now, in this text, the problem in this story is rather straightforward. A great crowd of about 4,000 people follows Jesus into a desolate wilderness, a place which does not offer any support for life, and stays there with him for three days as they listen to him preach. And, of course, eventually... They become hungry and tired, with little energy or life left in them, certainly not enough to get home. They need to eat, but they've eaten all the food that they've brought with them, and they have no money to buy food to fill everyone's bellies. When Jesus says that they will faint if they, if they leave, if they go home, he doesn't mean that they'll just have a small spell of falling down. Jesus means their lives and their health will be at risk if he sends them away. Because nothing in this desolate place offers them life. This desolate place means their death. The disciples are concerned. They have only the meager offering of seven loaves and a few fish to offer the crowd, which has a much greater need of food than just seven loaves and a few fish if they are to live. But as we look at this text, we can already tell that Mark isn't here just speaking of this crowd or this desert in some place in Judea or Galilee. No. He's saying that you, the baptized, are the crowd who follow Christ into the desolate wilderness of this world. The world which offers no support for life. Where through each week, from Monday to Sunday, we become hungry and tired with little energy or life left in us as we seek to gather every Sunday morning to hear Jesus speak. And perhaps this sounds a bit far-fetched or overdramatic, but what would happen if you, after a long week, came to church and then Jesus, without saying a word, just sent you away to fend for yourself, without giving you a morsel of bread or a sip from his cup? just to let you go out and wander on your own for food to eat with whatever meager means you may have. Indeed, how often do we try to satisfy our needs by trying to find things in this desolate world to keep us alive? For instance, we all have a need for a healthy body and soul, but all of us have so little time So when our body needs sustenance, how often do we overindulge in fast food or quick food that isn't healthy or junk food just to keep us going? How often do we just lay ourselves up on the couch and overindulge in comfort because we're too tired to take care of ourselves or take interest in those around us? Does what the world offer actually satisfy this need for health? When all offers is junk for diet, overindulgence and comfort for health. Or again, we face loneliness. 
And in the face of that loneliness, how often do we try to satisfy that need with what the virtual world offers? You know, with Facebook, Twitter, whatever else there is online. We come to overindulge in these things, believing that social that the social media world can satisfy our need to be with others. But then how many hours do we waste away on these things? And then when we're done with it, we just feel envious and depressed of seeing everyone else being so seemingly great and happy in their lives that they post on there. Does what the world offer for companionship or friendship help? And speaking of companionship, we face, many of us face a need for for just that, companionship, for a spouse, for a family. And what does the world offer us for this need? It offers a hookup culture, pornography, marriage defined in a plethora of ways. But does the mere physical pleasure that the world offers satisfy the need that we have for companionship? Or does the overindulgence of lusts leave us more depressed, more ashamed, more lonely than we were before we consumed what the world offered, saying it gave life? We face anxiety a shortness of time. And at the same time, we want to feel good about ourselves and our place in life. So here the world offers all the technologies that it has, even those that can fit in our pockets, that the world says will help us in these things. We use all of this to our advantage to get ahead in life, whether it's getting ahead at work or in what we own or in our reputation. But as you look back, do the technologies help or wind up adding to the anxieties? Does getting ahead in life satisfy? Or does your pride get hurt and your anger inflamed inside you when you realize someone else has more or is further ahead of you in his job or has a bigger house or has more fame? All of this is to say, does what the world offer us for our health, for our loneliness, for companionship, for our anxiety and self-worth, for anything that we need to live, does the, does the world offer anything that actually gives us life? It doesn't. That is why Mark notes that this world is desolate. It's a wilderness. It's a desert. It offers nothing to keep us alive in body or in spirit. It only leaves us more and more empty. We only get hungrier, more tired, more faint, more in need of someone to give us something that we can eat to keep us alive in this lifeless world. And as we find ourselves hungry and impoverished, That is to say, as we find ourselves in our sins of gluttony or greed or lusts or envy or laziness, wrath, pride. What do we have to offer Christ in this wilderness through all those sins, but but a meager offering like that of seven loaves among 4,000 people? We have nothing more to offer than what the disciples offered Christ here. And as Christ sees us like this, How would we expect him to react to us when he sees us hungry and impoverished around him in our sin? 
Well, if he did what our flesh would do, he'd walk away and let us die in the desolation. He'd send us off. What would we expect him to do with such meager offerings? Again, if he did what our flesh would do, he'd laugh at us, spit in our face, leave us to despair in ourselves in the wilderness. But that's not what Christ does. Instead, listen to what he says. I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. All that is to say, Christ looks at you in this desolate world and says, I have compassion on you. And see what he does in that compassion. He left heaven, became born of the Virgin Mary. He joins you and all of us in this desolate place to suffer. In baptism, he called you to follow him. Some of you he called and baptized from birth when your parents brought you to the font. Others of you came from farther away in disbelief, whether from other religions or agnosticism or atheism, whatever. But from that far away place, he called you to follow him in the waters of the font. In his compassion, in your baptism, he took your sins upon himself. The sins of lust, gluttony, envy and laziness, wrath, pride and greed. He took them on himself and he brought them to the desolate, lonely place of the cross where he alone, having become sin for us, died in our place. He died in the desolation of this world which offers no life. And there on the cross, as he gave his body and shed his blood, he defeated death. It was there that he defeated the desolation of this world, the desolation of our flesh, the world, and the devil, so that now in this desert of the world, we, that is the crowds, the church, follow him in our baptism to the cross, which stands in the wilderness of this world, where he becomes the only man who can give life, where the cross becomes the only place in this world where we can live. In our baptism, where we enter the crowd of the church, our sins are forgiven and our Lord begins to make us holy so that in faith we are able to offer him our good works, which are very meager, (laughs) in response to his love and salvation. But what are our meager good works for so many here? Look at your good works and how meager they are. Then look at your own congregation, at the community around you, at those that are hungry and tired and in need of life. Our meager good works are as useless as the seven loaves of bread and few fish that the disciples offered Christ to feed the thousands. And we see this, (laughs) you would see this here this morning if you were in church. After the sermon, we offer We give our offerings to the Lord. But our church is not a multi-million dollar budget. Most aren't. And the offerings many would consider to be meager. How will this care for everyone in our congregation, in your congregation, in the communities that surround us? 
At the altar, we offer to the Lord maybe a cup and a half of wine and a handful of wafers, which is much less food than seven loaves of bread. So how will that cup and a half of wine and the handful of wafers, how will that be a banquet that cares and feeds for every soul here? Yet, look what Christ does in his compassion through our baptism and our meager offerings. He preaches to you as he preached to the crowds from simple words which are the way of life. He directs the crowds to recline on the ground just as he will this morning direct our people to kneel before the altar. And there, giving thanks, he will break bread. He will set the bread before he will set before us a mere piece of bread which is the greatest most delectable food of his body. He will set before us a sip of wine, which is the most quenching drink from the fountain of life pouring from his side. And as he dismisses people from the altar, just as he dismissed the crowds at the end of our gospel text, we find that from these meager offerings that he has given us an abundance just as they had seven basketfuls showing Christ's work was complete in making everyone satisfied. So everyone here leaves the altar satisfied in spirit with their sins forgiven. And to what end are their sins forgiven? Here's how. Your soul is made alive and satisfied in this food and drink. Your loneliness is satisfied by the communion in which you partake in with all the saints in heaven and on earth. You are not alone at this rail. Your need for intimacy is satisfied by being made one with him by his body and blood so that in this food and drink you abide in him and he in you. Any anxiety is here at the altar laid aside in the peace given in this supper. Any pride we have is humbled by him who gave himself for for you and to you. Any greed is satiated as he gives us all that is his. What more could we want? So that what do we do when we leave this altar? Christ uses these meager offerings which we place in the offering plate and on the altar to make sure that all among us are fed. All among us have the fellowship of the brotherhood. All among us have a spouse that we need, one spouse that we need. All among us sacrifice for the other so no one is placed above the other, so no one is in want. That's what we do. So all may come together then on Sunday morning with us in the wilderness around the cross to hear our Lord teach and be fed by him at the altar. Here at the gathering, all of us decrease of ourselves so that we and others may increase in him who was crucified, where we will all be resurrected together in body and soul in him. Our meager offerings Christ uses to bring all of us to the altar where we can be fed. Because it is here alone at this altar around the cross where we are never sent away 
but are kept alive by the only thing in this desolate world which satisfies our hunger and gives us true life, the flesh and blood of our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Redeemed with thy precious 
O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O God, whose never-failing providence orders all things both in heaven and on earth, we humbly beseech you to put away from us all hurtful things, and to give us those things which be profitable for us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. 
Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We bless the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. We give thanks unto Thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Thy dear Son, that Thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech Thee to preserve and keep us, this day also, from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Thanks to all who are able to join us on this Matins podcast this week for your devotions and prayer at home. And you are all invited, of course, to join us again next week as we celebrate not the eighth Sunday after Trinity, not this time, but instead next Sunday is the Feast of St. James the Elder, the Apostle. All the music for the hymnody in this podcast comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.